0: Welcome to the Global CISO Forum, the podcast for information security executives.
1: Welcome to the Global CISO Forum podcast. I'm your host, Amber Pendrizale. With me today is Cecil Payne. He is the Director of Security Operations Engineering at The Home Depot. Welcome, Cecil.
0: Thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
1: Well, it's so great to have you. Um, You know, EC Council is sort of starting, continuing a relationship with the Home Depot. You guys were a great sponsor of ours at our last Hacker Halted. So we're thrilled to have you on the show. Um, And I'm thrilled to have you on the show for other reasons as well, because you are obviously an accomplished security practitioner. And I was wondering what kind of advice you had for our audience. Um, So tell me a little bit about your history in security, how you got into cyber and how you got to be a director at the Home Depot of security engineering.
0: Wow, that's a long path um i started in i.t right which are a lot of security practitioners start in it and administrative or in um, development so i was an admin um at a um arbok or a telephone company um, this is wow dating myself a lot right but this was up until uh 2002 or so and I moved into digital forensics in support of the legal department of that company. And from there, after I left that company, I went to a digital forensics uh, consulting house. And I traveled all around the country doing um, electronic discovery, collections, investigations, right, um, with respect to computer forensics. I left there after I got married and settled in D.C., am um, in Atlanta. Um, I'm local to Atlanta now. I was local there, um, local to Atlanta at that time too. And in um, in the D.C. metro area, I worked for uh, another forensics electronic discovery company, and ran some forensic um, computer forensic labs across the country. We had four labs across the country. Right? Um, and from there, I moved to the Home Depot. And this was 2012 and joined their computer forensics department, right, uh, which was embedded in their uh, security department. So th- that gets me to Home Depot right, um, and that's been uh, it's nine years. Um, so I started off obviously doing computer forensics for, um, for Home Depot and I transitioned to an operations and engineering role within Home Depot. And and that was also in cyber and from there I moved to various different teams across cyber um or IT security at the time we're called cyber now that allowed me to um have a lot of experience in IAM operations, um the SOC right, um just all the different domains within cyber, right? I moved around and supported them or worked with them, right? Um and from from that 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 was I guess about two thousand fifteen or so, right, where I was bouncing around and I I um moved back to computer forensics in two thousand sixteen permanently, right? Um because before well there's really nothing permanent in our careers, right? Um, so I was I was in computer forensics around two thousand sixteen. I started working with a uh, EDR technology at Home Depot acquired. And then um, from there, I moved to um, an assessment role, another assessment role. I already had with that in the past. And um, from there, I moved on to vulnerability management. And that was the um, previous stop to now being a director um, in, in cyber.
1: That's cool. And you, you say that your your journey is kind of typical and that you started in IT. But I don't think I've talked to somebody before that started in forensics and specialized so much in forensics. Um, how did, how did you get into that? And, and does that just sort of interest you in a, in a way that other, other parts of security don't as much? Cause it's always been fascinating to me.
0: It's, it's, it still is fascinating to me. Uh, it, it was a natural fit. I spent a lot of time in my, um, admin days and in, in, in life taking things apart, right? Mm-hmm. Putting them back together, trying to figure out how things worked. And as I worked with the law department right, at the telephone company, from an admin perspective, um, my name came up as, hey, we need a, a forensics person. We need to do collections. Right? Um, and at the time, this is 2004 when it really solidified. It like I had an official forensics um, position. I'd been doing these data collections since like 1999, before mm-hmm. there was like a defined practice. Mm-hmm. And in support of the law department, they sent me to training, to computer forensics training. I uh, it, I was amazed. I was so happy. I um, I was reading the books. I I it was amazing to me. I was so engaged in the class that the um, instructor pulled me aside and asked me if I wanted to come work for them. Right, mm-hmm. I, I was just like no, right. Um, that would be, it, it It was an amazing opportunity, but here I had my current employer committed to me, sending me to this training, right? Um, to progress the program, right? Um, it, it, so I, I couldn't do it. Right, um, mm-hmm. I stuck with my current employer, but years later, I actually went back to that company, right? Um, with that offer, it, it, it pretty much um, sat on the table, right? Um, when I realized that I wanted to go work in that field I called them and said hey um are there any opportunities and their response was send me a resume when do you want to start
1: wow okay so as someone who works for ec council i just need to highlight sending an employee to training created loyalty (laughs) opened up new possibilities uh, and made you better at your job so you know everyone send your employees to training (laughs) it's great for everyone
0: (laughs) <laughs> yes that that's what started me and i after that i went to multiple training classes right um but i'm I'm very loyal to my employers right um mm-hmm. they take care of me i take care of them right um but that, that was i guess my first fork in the road into forensics right? i i kind of went the the long path right because being in corporate and working forensics you pretty much see the same thing day in day out as a consultant mm-hmm. It's more like you have a parachute on your back and you jump into um, one site, and it's a completely different environment. And you're maybe there for a few days or or two or three weeks, then you leave and you go to the next engagement, and it's completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been all across the country, coast to coast, Um, north to south, east to west, and seen. I I haven't seen like similar environments. We use similar technology, but just the, the way people operate, the way they engage with their um consultants and their vendors and their employees it's different right company to company mm-hmm. i learned a lot it was a pretty exciting time in my life so traveled a lot that's not fun
1: well yeah <laughs> probably less the last last couple of years um are you interested in staying in engineering is that where you see your your path
0: for now yes right um and, and i say for now yes right um because I've moved around security so much. Mm-hmm. There's so many interesting things to do right, um, all across um, cyber that it's always an amazing journey day to day. So for now I am satisfied, happy, excited right, um, every day to wake up and get engaged with the engineering challenges that we have and solving for those. Mm-hmm but who knows what tomorrow brings, right? Something may crop up someplace else uh, and someone may say, hey, we need some help here, right? And I'm more than happy to go and help wherever I can.
1: Well, that's a really great answer. (laughs) Um, So you're very accomplished. You've done so much in your career already. Um, What are your goals going forward?
0: So I'm going to challenge you on the accomplished thing. Right, um, I'm pretty humble about some of the things that I, I've done and I've worked on, right, um, and the things that I've been involved with. I, I don't see myself as being accomplished. Right? It's more just like responsible. Um, I, I, I like working with Home Depot associates and our vendors, and I don't see myself as like have having risen to a level that. I can say, hey, I, I, I am accomplished, right? There's just so much to learn, so much to do. And I know and work with some amazing and smart people that I learn every day. Right? Um, so I, I I couldn't wake up and say, hey, I've accomplished, I'm accomplished, right? I, I think I, I wake up and say, I accomplished that, right? Um, but there's just so much more to do because we, as a security industry, right, just have so much further to go and so much to learn right, um, from different parts of IT and from different parts of the businesses that we support, right, that, that I, I wouldn't, I would never wake up and say, I'm an accomplished individual, right? Um, it's, I'm still working on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's That's the journey. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's great. So what, what are you still working on? What do you see in the future? What are your goals? What do you want to do?
0: So, from from a career perspective, I would like to continue to grow. Um, I know engineering very well because I've been in the space for a long time. I I I would see myself wanting to learn a lot more about risk and compliance. And, And we have an amazing leader. Realized if we were to use the word accomplished. I know what I'm not, and I know where she is, and I would like to just get to like maybe like 30% of her knowledge right? and abilities. right? Um, so I see myself branching off and learning more about that space. I, um, we also have some other amazing leaders in our IAM and engagement areas in, in cyber, right? And I, I, I see what they're doing. I hear them talk about what they're doing, and I'm always fascinated and just want to learn more. Right? Um, so that, that's my... Goals is to, is to branch out, right? And I say this about security vendors. Security vendors tend to have a core set of functionality and they branch, right? It's like you look at them and they're best of breed in, in a specific area, but as they try and diversify, they're not that good in the other areas to the left and to the right of them, but they, they start to get better, right? And they, they take their, their brilliance in the area that they, that they excel in and they try and focus that into the other areas. I see myself with that, too, as I look at all the areas that I've worked in, but I, I happen to be lucky enough to work with some folks that are very skilled and adept in those areas and just to continue to learn from them and, and grow in those areas.
1: Wow, that's great. So you've been at Home Depot, to be 10 years next year. Um, mm-hmm. How have you seen security, and you, you don't have to speak specifically to Home Depot, but Security in general, how have you seen it change over the last decade?
0: It's matured. I would say that the biggest thing in security right now, I think, is, are the budgets. Um, companies are spending a lot on their security programs mm-hmm. and they expect a lot out of those security programs. So over the past 10 years, it's the level of, of maturity and skill sets that I see candidates bringing to the table as they join the company. It's the interest that I, I see in security specifically. Folks want to be involved. Right? Um, they they want to get engaged and, and help. And it's a never-ending battle. Right? Um, I, I know that tomorrow will bring a new set of challenges in the security space. And I, I want to highlight right, um, for your listeners that those challenges, if you don't understand them, they are a click away in reading and learning, right? And everyone faces those challenges in, in learning. Even people well-versed in security have to learn and, and rise to the occasion to understand a new set of challenges. Right? Um, so I, I, that level of interest I I see is um, is much different today than it was 10 years ago, right? And it's more defined today than it was 10 years ago.
1: Right, and so with that um, it's kind of mainstreaming of security almost, like, are you seeing a more educated, a better prepared end user? Like, has that gotten easier? Because, you know, we always talk about that's the, you know, the biggest problem, the biggest hole in our security is the end users clicking on stuff. Um, Has the needle moved at all on that or are we still in the same place? (laughs)
0: It it has. So comparing 10, 15 years ago, people received emails, they clicked links, right? um, they would receive phone calls and provide information. The security programs now have a much more mature awareness right, um, facility. And as part of that awareness, and communicating to our end user community. These are the things to look for. These are the things to be suspicious of. That, that has helped, right? Um, so you see end user awareness. And then 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the level of threats that companies faced was different, right? Um, to, to what people saw when they went home and they were in on their ISP or America Online, if you go far enough back, right? But that's mm-hmm. kind of merged, right? That threat landscape really applies to to both environments right um i get spam messages on my personal email and i get them at work right um so the, be, between those two the, the awareness and just the ubiquity of the threats that that have moved across the landscape has forced the education of, of users if you if your company doesn't have a good awareness program start one but if you do that that awareness that happens at work goes home and it's shared with family members and friends and you you, you help the community.
1: Yeah, I mean, just trying to make the criminal's job harder and harder um, seems to be the goal. Um, And you're right, I mean, now it's, you know, we don't have the same level of people clicking on stuff, but there's some of that still, and I'm not sure we'll ever truly (laughs) get rid of it, but.
0: (laughs) Over the years, right, um, I have spoken to friends, right, um, colleagues, and I have heard the horror stories of my wife clicked this, or my kid did this, or um, someone in the company clicked this. Someone left uh, um, something exposed on the Internet, and the bad guys got in and got into the company, and they deleted and spread ransomware. It, it, it happens, right? Um, like hygiene and awareness go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Right. We're all in this together. Right. Um, so you, if most companies have a security department, but most companies don't look at their end users as being responsible for IT or identity access management, right? Um, but a lot of companies look at their user population as also being part of their security department and being responsible for security because it really starts with their behavior and their actions,
1: mm-hmm. and, and
0: it's the same for, for Home Depot. It's a big priority for us.
1: Yeah, so what's your favorite part of your role at Home Depot? Um what gets you the most excited to get up and and probably not get get into your home office most likely.
0: Home office? What gets me most excited? Working with um the different teams and and solving for complex things. It I I leave my office after however much time, right? And Sometimes it's it's ten hours. Sometimes it's eight. Sometimes it's twelve. I know I had a really good day when I leave my office after eight hours, and I am tired.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because it means that I've been mentally engaged in solving for issues all day long. Right, um, you can be physically tired by I could sit in this chair for fifteen or twenty hours and just get tired from that, but eight hours engage with some of the most brilliant people in the industry, right? Solving for security challenges be it in the cloud or at the, at the desktop level. That excites me day in, day out.
1: Very cool. So how do you see, you know, we have this purported skills gap going on, you know, uh, endless articles have been written about it. We don't have enough cybersecurity professionals geared up, ready to go to fill all these needs that we have. It's just an exploding industry. Um, what, do you have any solutions? You know, what? How do you see the future of cybersecurity unfolding?
0: I'll ta- I'll tackle the Do I have any solutions, and how I see the future unfolding? And I'll I'll use an analog. Years ago, when technology was expanding, and there weren't these dedicated security departments in technology, right? Um, like IT was just IT. It was looked at as this one big thing that solved for every computer-related issue. There were different levels of engineering right um you had help desk and you had admins and something in between security hasn't really gotten to that point yet right where it's been commoditized it's still highly specialized and the question is how do you solve for that and there's a skills gap that people talk about i need someone that is skilled in iam or i need someone that is skilled in in linux or understanding file systems or for file integrity monitoring i need that skill set give me give me give me if we continue to look for people with that skill set we are going to be um, fishing in a diminishing pool because Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of them the solution that i'm embracing is a tiered model, right? And you can look at it from like a pyramid model, right? Where there is a skill set at the bottom of the py- at the at the at the pyramid that you can fill with a lot of folks, and as you go up, you get into the highly specialized. And the the, the challenge is how do you deal with the bottom of the pyramid, right? And my solution that my team and I have really kind of like hashed out is what what I I call routine items. Security is focused on securing the environment, right? But it still relies on technology and the same processes that have been hard fought and learned right? in in IT in general. So following along with that thread, if I can define tasks that people have to do at that bottom of the pyramid, I can create entry points for, for people moving into security, into technology, because if I say, Every day or every other day, right, and I call them um, routine tasks, right? daily, weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly, biannually, yearly, right? Um, type tasks that, that, that people have to do. If I can define what those tasks are, I don't need a highly qualified um, fish out of that very small pool. Right? I can use resources like interns, people new to the industry, to really help in that space. And a lot of what we do day-to-day in security is maintaining the systems that we have that are in place to guard the company, right, while also trying to expand that capability. So that, that, that maintenance of those, of those systems is the same thing that's happened in other parts of, of, of information technology for the longest time. And that's where the skill sets grow. You get folks that come in and they start and they're doing these routine-type tasks day in, day out within six months, they're an expert and they're looking to, to move up. They're hungry, right? They're looking for other opportunities in the department. And now you've created a path for, for success for someone to go from having a low skill set to a very specialized or, or high skill set organically to your organization instead of having to continue to try and look for someone in this diminishing pool.
1: That's a good point. Cause I think as security gets more formalized and more established, it can seem like you need you know, a bachelor's in this, and and then a bunch of certifications, um, but the the method that you just outlined—it's like no, you actually just need knowledge and on-the-job training, and that's a yeah. a good way to recruit people in, um, who maybe didn't start out. I mean, who wants to know what they what they want to do with the rest? Who know? Who actually knows what they want to do with the rest of their lives when they're eighteen? I mean, it's a guess. It's a I shot didn't. in the dark. Yeah yeah I mean anthropology degree here so it's (laughs) um getting people in who might have the the right skill sets or the right interest um is that that seems like a great way to do it and you have kids right I have two kids yeah so are they are they interested in this are they are they thinking about a career in cyber
0: my son freaks me out when he's doing um, these hacker test websites, right? (laughs) Or playing games, right? um, That has him hacking. My daughter freaks me out when I see her like bypassing things like screen time on her iPad. um, She plays games, and there's a pretty popular game called Roblox. And she's always, Daddy, come play with me. And I remember playing with her once, and there was a door that had to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. it could only unlock it from inside the room and she rotated her camera and pressed a button from the other side of the room and the game hadn't built in logic to detect where the button was being pressed from right just oh. the button was being pressed and she figured that out she was maybe like five or six. Oh wow All right um so th- they are interested and i see them just taking the concepts of thinking outside the box right um to another level in, in, in their day-to-day activities. And of course they're on their computers, they're on their, their devices, right. Um, a lot and just problem solving and just thinking differently. And that is kind of one of the hallmarks of folks that want to get into security and that stick with security. So they, they, they're good at problem solving and Mm -hmm. looking at things differently than, than others.
1: Yeah. That sounds really promising. And I mean, I'm sure your kids are amazing, but the, the the things that you've just said aren't aren't super uh, unique. You know, this generation is kind of um, full of kids that have grown up that way. And, yes, you know, and so what they need is encouragement and and some guidance and obviously with you with you as their dad, they'll get that. Um, do you see that they have ample opportunities? Like, is that something that's kind of built into kids experience nowadays where they Um, are shown this kind of path or what they could do in the future?
0: There, There are ample opportunities out there. I think it's the responsibility of mentors, parents, guardians to drive their kids into those directions if they're interested, right, or to provide the opportunity to give it to them, right, to pick them up and drop them off at the programming class, right, or put them in the camp. Um, that they can express um, their interest in different things, and it's also our responsibility to kind of test their edges, right? Um, push their comfort level. Mm-hmm. Right. You're in a robotics camp this week, right? Um, in the summer, well, I don't know anything about robotics. Well, you come back and tell me I don't know either, Okay. Right? And, and the 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 smile or the light, it, the, um, the, the just the, the the face that that you see when they come back, and it's like Today, we flew a drone and we did this and we learned with the difference. And the day before, it was you didn't have that knowledge, right? Um, but just providing the, the avenue for, 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 for the learning is gonna be key. Because a- again, as you mentioned, the entire generation now is pretty much starting off at the same level set and acceptance and use of technology. Mm-hmm. As, as they start to mature and express interest in technology as some do and some don't. Um, Just building those neurons and those mental pathways in early age that shows how to problem solve, how to figure out different things. They're either going to lead them to being great technologists in the future or great something, right? Because the skills that you develop there can be applied almost anywhere.
1: Mm -hmm. And so you have a boy and a girl. Um, You know, women insecurity has been a problem since the dawn of time, <laughs> um, do you see any differences in in the access they have to things, or is that is that going to be better in this next generation?
0: It's going to be better in the next generation, right I say that because I really hope it and this is a it's a pretty emotional topic for me I, um, I want to see my daughter have the same opportunities that my son would have or I would have had -hmm. Right, and those opportunities not to be denied because of her gender. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I, that's a big thing for me. So talking to her about technology and pushing her with technology. I I don't want to poison the, the the field, right? By my dad just kept talking to me about this and pushing me with this, and I'm so tired of it, right? Um, but the interest that she has, just fostering it. Mm-hmm. it, it and I I, I see. Women in cyber as being like a critical path for like leveling the playing field, right? Um, and I'm a big advocate for that. And I always have, like have these ideas on how do we do this. If you're recruiting and you want more women, right? Um, as part of your recruitment, right? Um, efforts go recruit from an all-female school. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will have 100% success in getting a female, right? all females, right, if you go to a all-female school and look for folks that are interested in cyber because they're there. Um, the the routine tasks thing that I spoke about earlier, people will pull away from an industry in a male-dominated industry because they don't have the skill set. But if if they are shown, they're told that it doesn't make a difference what you know, or a, you understand and you can spell TCPIP and you know this, you know how to log into a computer, right? Let's take it to the next level, and this is how we will get you there. If we can show that path, we can start filling in right, um, those, those gaps. And the, the amazing thing about cyber is that we have some amazing female leaders. And I, I see them working on the um, Cybersecurity Women's Council and the initiatives that they're, that they're doing. But they can't do it alone, right? This has to be an intentional effort, right, by all leaders to ensure that these gaps don't exist, right? Um, For the future generation, for our kids, Mm -hmm. for diversity, right? Being able to look at things differently, it's going to be key and critical to us being able to defend our companies in the the future.
1: Right. I mean, and it goes back to the skills gap conversation, as you were saying. I mean, if we're continuing to recruit and promote and hire the same people, from the same pool, you know, that, like you said, that it's just, there's not enough, obviously. And that's how we ended up here in the first place. So, um, I really like your advice about recruiting from an all women's school. I mean, if you're serious about it, then that seems to be sort of a no brainer. Um, and yeah, I, I love your passion on this issue. And obviously, um, it's one of the reasons that we've enjoyed partnering with, the Home Depot, um, on our different initiatives. Um, and I would just want to thank you for coming on to talk about it. And, uh, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else, uh, before we sign off that you want our audience to know or, or any last words?
0: Happy holidays. Um, patch your stuff, All right? Um, don't <laughs> click the links and hug your local security person. They need help.
1: Oh, my gosh. That should just be the, the tag at the end of all of our episodes. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, and, and happy holidays to you, and uh, thanks for all the, all the work that you do at the Home Depot.
0: Thank you, remember. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Global CISO Forum, the podcast for information security executives.